This time loop thing. How did you get out of it? I simply boosted the circuits and broke free. You came back of your own accord? Well, I... Doctor? No. No, I'm afraid not. Now, obviously, the Time Lords have programmed the TARDIS always to return to Earth. It seems that I'm some kind of a galactic yo-yo. Welcome to Galactic Yo-Yo, the podcast where Doctor Who fans share their unpopular opinions with the world and I have to deal with them. I'm your host, Molly Marsh. I just got off the bus. I just uh, my way back from a, a job interview, actually. So keep keep all your fingers crossed for me. Um, on the podcast this week, though, uh, I met up with Imogen, uh, a.k.a. Junoodle, on Twitter, um, at the Barbican Centre, and we sat outside in the sun and had a conversation about... Um, Imogen's art, uh, about her life as a Doctor Who fan, uh, and also about her unpopular view um, that uh, Doctor Who is better when it's grounded in reality. Uh, so he sort of talks about a different writers' approach to that, how the, how the show's changed in terms of its grounding in reality over the years. Um, it was a fruitful discussion, uh, as usual. Thank you so much to, uh, to Imogen for for joining me. I'm actually recording next week's episode uh, tomorrow and it's going to be a blast. I'm so excited for you to hear that one. But until then, um, without further ado, here is this week's conversation with Imogen, aka Ginoodle. Before we start, I actually want to talk about something that just happened to me in that I was on my way to meet you and I was like, I'm, I'm type 1 diabetic. Okay. And I was like, oh, I'm, I feel like I'm going to have a diabetic low. Um, so I was like, oh, I'll just like grab something in the barbecue center. And I was like, oh, I'll just get a can of uh, Coca-Cola, full sugar Coca-Cola. And it was £2.30. That's London. Like, I know, but I know like, <laughs> I know, like uh, somewhere like this, there's got to be a markup on a can of Coke. But that is a crazy markup. Like these, these things are like... 70 80p I've, in a pay, shop. I've paid four pound for a bottle of water before no it's just yeah, wrong it's just wrong <laughs> you think i'd have lived here long enough like after two years to expect that but it's like every sip of this kind of coke is like 20p isn't it I know. Uh, um, um, <laughs> oh, it's really sad you just like watch your money drip yeah, away yeah. Oh. Um, and i don't even really like it it's just my it's just my medical needs anyway uh <laughs> we're out here uh, at the in the beautiful surroundings of the barbican center hoping that, hoping that a member of staff um doesn't move us on at any point uh if so there are plenty of places around here that we could retreat to i imagine um i'm here with imogen hello, hello. do you prefer imogen or imo uh, imogen imogen yeah. great um and yeah i just kind of spotted your illustrations online and oh, uh, thought, well, I'd love to talk to her because you, you have such energy on Twitter as well. <laughs> I, I do, I do. <laughs> uh, yeah, I tweet a lot, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah let's talk about your illustrations then and how, how you started doing that and... Uh, and yeah, am I wrong in describing them as illustrations? Either? Yes, I, so I'm a freelance illustrator. Oh right, so I'm not wrong, great. So yeah, yeah uh, I prefer that, I mean, yeah, I prefer that sort of fan art 
because yeah, fun art illustration a, seems a yeah, little bit more edgy. Fun art puts it in a box. Illustration's more of a proper thing, isn't it? Yeah, sounds like... Well, the fun art's not proper if any of you identify as fun art. I'm not, like, having a go at the fun art community, but, yeah. Yeah, it's quite like my illustrations. Yeah, it's and good. It's good. Yeah. Great. Yeah, how did that all start for you? Um, so I've always sort of been into art. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> great start. <laughs> and... Um, Around, I'd say probably about 2012, I started to like look online, different art, in, like kind of like that transfer to the internet for me was around when I was like 12. And I got really inspired by fan art. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm going to call mm-hmm. it fan art. <laughs> um, and I was like, wow, I really want to draw like this. I really want to draw people because I was at the stage where I was still sort of drawing like fish bowls and sure. still life and stuff. I mean, still life, I still do, but. Um, and then, yeah, so I've just sort of, so I'm 21 now, so that's, you know, a good nine years, and I've just sort of worked on it, and it's got to a point where I think it's, it, it got to a point where I thought it was marketable and I could change it into a career, because I didn't, I, I've just finished a degree and I didn't even do it in art. Mm. <laughs> um, so when now, did that moment come when you thought, oh, actually, maybe this is more than a hobby? Probably about two years ago. Uh-huh. Um, because I started to obviously post a lot more online because there was a long period where I wasn't posting online because I actually wasn't that confident in my own art. Um, and I would encourage anyone who is doing art to post it if you can because it's it, it really does help you because mm-hmm. um, people are so encouraging. and It's like it will help you just to draw more and improve more. Sure. Um, and, yeah, so I'd say probably about two years ago, I really sort of realized that okay this is maybe what I want to do and then I did a lot more digital this year which has advanced my art massively mm-hmm. um and yeah, that's easy right the computer just did it for you oh yeah well, well you say you've got half <laughs> the skill there first you know you got it's got you got to know to how to work the programs and sure. things like that and I mean digital art is a it's a bit it's a bit easier because you can obviously undo oh I was being a provocateur but it sounds like I'm right <laughs> 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 they're, they're both two do very two very different things. Sure. So when we when we talk digital, you're talking about using the the tablet and the yeah. So I use an iPad, yeah, uh, Procreate, which is what a lot of people nowadays do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have used Photoshop and a and a tablet in the mm-hmm. past. Mm-hmm. But iPad's very easy. I can do it on the train. Mm-hmm. I can mm-hmm. do it. You know, I can go anywhere and draw. So it's, it's really it's really great. Yeah. Great. So when when you're drawing now, like in public or at home, are you more are you more drawing digitally or Yes, yeah, definitely. Done. I'm trying to really get into doing more traditional because mm-hmm. I do feel bad because that is my roots. Yeah. And I think my style with uh, traditional is a lot different to my style when I'm working digitally. Um, That's kind of cool though. It offers some variation, right? Yeah, yeah. I, it's cool. It's cool to differ that loads. Um, but I do really like my traditional. But it just it takes a lot longer actually, and it's a it, you know I've got to keep up my materials and my you know, yeah, it's really like a lot more costly because you're having yeah. to. I mean, I save up for the iPad and I've got it. That's it. Yeah, that's just like one upfront cost. Whereas yeah, it took me like six months. Yeah, but I did it. <laughs> and um, but traditional, you know, you've got to upkeep everything. Yeah. And you, you know, it's a lot more nerve wracking because you can't just you know press a button and undo. Undo, sure. And you can ruin something you've worked an hour and a half on. Yeah. So it is a lot more scarier. But, yeah, that's true. Um, I think traditional does help you improve a lot more. Yeah. Um, because you you are working. I think I don't know. I think I think for me it was that was what made me improve. Mm-hmm. You're 
it's it's right there in front of you. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, and like you say, there's more pressure to get it right, right? Yeah. So on, on that first go. A lot so. of the time, you do. Yeah. You're not gonna you're not gonna have in mind anything else. You're gonna be totally yeah. in that zone. Right? <laughs> How did the um, so you so you started doing fan art, but what sort of gave you the in inspiration to do that? Was it being on places like Live Journal or? So I started off um, in like the Harry Potter community. Oh, great. Okay. Yeah, uh, that's what got me kind of into doing fan art actually, because there's this really great artist called Birch, mm -hmm. um, and she's massive. And uh, I remember I stumbled upon her stuff, and I was like, I want to draw like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I. I was in sort of the Harry Potter sort of doing Harry Potter fan art, I think for like a good like six years. Um, and then I sort of, I've always been a Doctor Who fan. I had done some Doctor Who art, mm -hmm. uh, but it was actually, I did a rewatch around series 10 mm -hmm. because I'm one of those people that I totally regret this now because 12 is my favorite, but I stopped watching at 12. And then I rewatched because I really like series 10. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, 12 is actually my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> We've all had it. We've all had it. I know. I feel so bad now because now if, if somebody says that they don't like 12, I get like kind of sad. And I was yeah. like, wait, I was one of those people. Yeah, but you, then you, can, you can step in. It's like people who go into schools, uh, like former gang members who go into schools to educate about knife crime. Like you're that, but for uh, yeah. for like uh, people not I'm like in the 12th doctor. Yeah, you could go into schools and give talks. I, I and you could say, I've been there, kids. You know, but now I've been. No, I stopped watching, but Persevere because yeah. he's amazing. <laughs> I love him. Yeah, I do. You yeah. Should start a scheme. Start a GoFundMe for that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you did the rewatch and then that. that yeah, I did a rewatch because. Um, Jodie was announced and I was like oh my god because it was just obviously I'd, I'd watched series 10 and I'd really enjoyed it and I was uh -huh. like okay I'm going to uh -huh. do a rewatch and then Jodie got announced so I was like well I'm definitely going to do it now and then since then it's been like Doctor Who is my intense sure. like, it's, got, it's gone back to being intense um, and yeah ever since then I've just basically been churning out fan art constantly on Twitter churning out great. I think is a little of uh, you're being unfair to yourself with oh. that <laughs> I go through fear as well, I'll post loads and then I won't post anything. Yeah. But it mostly, let's be real, mostly is Doctor Who. Yeah. Yeah, which I, I'm not going to feel bad about that. No, not it. at all. Yeah. No, don't, don't, don't feel bad about that. <laughs> you, presumably, though, your illustration stretches beyond uh, oh, Doctor yeah. Who. Yeah, um, it does. So, like, I'm currently working on, in my borough in London, so I live in London, um, and I'm sort of I've just got funding from a charity and they're helping me sort of set up my own business and do and sell art great in and around London which is great so I'm working on that at the moment um and that is obviously all my own stuff they're mm. asking for me to do my own illustrations which aren't anything to do with anything that's branded great they won't people will not let me do that no no <laughs> so yeah so that is like my output inspirational output whereas I think where I do Doctor Who it's just kind of like self-indulgent yeah Love doing it. but also like who says there won't be opportunities further down the line right doctor who wise no, be because because there have always already been there are already things on sale right with your doctor who art on them yes <laughs> let's talk about that okay yeah so i was one of the um runners up for the doctor who fan art competition mm -hmm. um and i had an illustration of 13 which um, was sold at San Diego Comic-Con um, and it's now at Hot Topic and Forbidden Planet. That's so exciting. Which is, re it was really 
it was really, really exciting because um, I sort of entered it very last minute. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't think that I would. I would just, when I when I got that email, I was like, "What?" Yeah, I well, was, nobody ever does think it's going to be them, right? No, I didn't. It was it was crazy, and I had to keep it secret for two months as well, which was really hard. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah, because I signed so many privacy agreements, and I was so <laughs> scared. <laughs> And then the day it did, so the day that my T-shirt got revealed and a thing, I was the day I graduated. So I was literally in my graduation robes, and I, and I was also like my T-shirt got premiered. What an San amazing Diego. day! It was amazing. It was so so cool, and it was like the fate said that that had to yeah 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 happen at the same time. Yeah. It was really really great. Um, Have you got the T-shirt? Yes, I do. They gave they gave me a lot of uh, merchandise. Yeah. Um, like this massive box arrived at my house. <laughs> never, I felt like, do you know, those people that were like, so do you know, like influencers when they get a box from someone, yes. they're like, oh, thank yeah. you for sending me. Yeah, it felt yeah. like that. <laughs> it felt so amazing. I suppose it was um, that, right? It was, well, I, kind of, I don't know. I was kind of like, <laughs> it was, it was great. Like they, they paid me as well, which I was really enthusiastic about. And I've got a lot of credit on it as well. Yeah, like yeah. when you go and buy, it will say buy Imogen. Yeah. Which is great. Um, and yeah, so I, they gave me, I think, three t shirts for free. So I have a lot in varying sizes. Um, and it was just, I mean, there was a lot of delays, but it now is at Forbidden Planet. That's great. And have you been into Forbidden Planet and seen it on Yeah, there? I went a few days ago and that was, that was very cool. It was, yeah. it was a moment. Because I mean, I've been to that Forbidden Planet when I was a kid. The one in Tottenham Court Road? Yeah, yeah. 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 So the, the biggest one in the country, right? Yeah, I think. massive, yeah. yeah. Well, that's the one nearest to me anyway. And I've been going in there since I was a kid, so it was just surreal to, like, go in and then, you know, get my own T-shirt yeah, that I designed. That's it was so crazy. Exciting. Yeah. That's so, and how often do you wear it, or do you feel sort of slightly embarrassed, like, like, a, um, like a band member wearing their own? So my dad merch. is very enthusiastic about wearing it. <laughs> he's got his own one. Um, and we went out for dinner the other day and he wore it That's and then he so wore it to great. work the other he day as well. <laughs> <laughs> so what does he do? Um, he's a bus driver, so he wore it underneath. He wore it on the bus. And because his he was like showing all his colleagues and as well, apparently he, he told me he saw someone wearing it on his bus and he was like shouting out to them like, Oh my god, that's my daughter's t shirt. That's so <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. That's um, so great. But I myself, I wore it to London Comic Con. Right. In July. Um, but no, I haven't actually got the chance to like properly style it yet. I kind of want to like cut it and crop it and like style it up a oh, bit. Oh god, again though, that's like your that's like your um, like practical art. Like one <laughs> wrong. I remember being like probably sixteen and trying to make a t-shirt into an asymmetric like one shoulder t-shirt oh yeah God. and i didn't <laughs> like i was i was like dim like i didn't look up how to do it properly i was just like oh i'll just cut the shoulder off <laughs> uh and i didn't that didn't work um, oh no i hope it wasn't an expensive shirt no i deliberately did it with a t-shirt that i like was sort of fading anyway oh okay um, which right. was which is fine um but just shows you that yeah just be careful oh gosh no <laughs> i'll try i'll, be, I'll definitely i've never actually done it before yeah I think I've cut down like Barbie clothes before, so yeah, maybe, maybe try it with a with like an old T-shirt first, and then you yeah, can. Yeah, and don't yeah. ruin the fifteen pounds. I mean, you could always do the 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 classic um, tying it up in a knot with a bobble at the back to yes. make it look kind of chic. That's very stylish. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Anyway, what was I going to ask you about next? I was going to ask you about um, how you kind of got into Doctor Who from the off. That was the shittest segue I've ever oh. done, but um, <laughs> let's just do that. It's fine. Um, I kind of, I mean, again, to mention my dad, I, I got into it through my dad, um, who is a mega classic fan mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and has grown up with it because um, he's obviously, he's, in, he's born in like the 70s. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I, I, one of like, I don't think it would, I would say it was my earliest memories, but I was seven when um, Rose was sort of premiered. Great. Um, and I remember my dad trying to explain Doctor Who to me before mm-hmm. we watched mm-hmm. it. That's not an easy feat. No, no not no. to a seven-year-old either. No. <laughs> um, but I do remember that. And uh, I remember sitting down watching it and being like, oh, wow, this is amazing. And then ever since then, I have been obsessed. Obviously, I had my little slope where I didn't watch 12, which we did yeah, not talk yeah. about and I want to formally apologise for. Yeah. But now I'm fully back into it. We've all had um, periods like that. Yeah. So my, mine happened in, in like sort of series seven kind of time. Um, oh. To be honest, <laughs> was uh, it A or B? Uh, series seven, B. I was gonna say same. I yeah, think, <laughs> <laughs> I think I think B. I did watch, but I wasn't as enthusiastic. No, it's, I always say to people, it's the one um, Doctor Who series that I would watch um, like midweek. So I would <laughs> I would not necessarily watch it on the Saturday night. I would leave it till maybe the Wednesday, yeah. and I've never done that before or since. Uh, and that's not really any reflection on the quality of... Obviously, it's a rocky season, but it's not even really a reflection on the quality of the series. It's just like, I was a teenager and <laughs> I, d- I had no real interest in... Oh, yeah, I, was, I think I was a teenager as well. I thought I was I, above it. I'm not... A, so 7B is probably my least favourite. Mm-hmm. I think that is why. Um, because I did rewatch 7B, hoping that would be redeemed, just as 12 was, but that wasn't the case. No. It was, I still think it's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I love 7A, I love 7A, but 7B no. I can never decide which one I prefer. They're they're both like such clusterfucks. I don't know. Yeah. 7A I love. It's all right. Um, (laughs) A a security guy just walked by and I was like, please don't come talk to us and tell us to move. Please don't come talk to us and tell us to move. And he didn't. It was fine. Okay, it's fine. Yeah, where were we? I feel like we just went off on a complete tangent. About 7AB. No, before that, we were talking about your dad trying to explain Doctor Who to you. At seven, at seven years at old. At seven years old. And I doing do, a good job, a bad job? I, not a very good job. <laughs> I do remember how he actually explained it. He was like, okay, so there's like this person, they can like travel in time. They travel in something that like that can change into anything, but it's stuck as a police box. And mm-hmm. first I was like, what the hell is a police yeah, box? Yeah, yeah. What is that? Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and then I remember him saying, oh, you know, you can change into anything. It can change into a sofa. And that has stuck in my mind because I remember going off a t- on a tangent about how the hell somebody could walk inside a sofa. Yeah, and that's the, I don't know where he's got that from either. That I don't happened? know why he said that. It this is what I'm saying. He did a very bad job. Yeah, although in Attack of the Cybermen, the, the TARDIS does have that problem of um, changing into... It, he, the Doctor briefly fixes, quote-unquote, the chameleon circuit. Oh, yeah. And, the, and like, um, that one of the problems does arise in that there's no... In some uh, structures, there's no door. Um, and <laughs> maybe you did go do a good job then. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's baffling, isn't it, to anybody? Um, but yeah, like uh, presumably you sat down and you watched Rose. Yeah. And, and was I, it I like immediate? Re- did it like change oh, your immediate. life immediately? Immediately, or? like 
I because I remember we actually we went on like a little holiday mm. and we missed um, the I think we missed two episodes I can't remember which one which mm-hmm. one it was because on the way back we were stuck in traffic no yeah that's the and most stressful journey I remember journey. like crying being like oh we're missing Dr. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I remember we asked because we didn't have this was at the time of when you was I think this still happens but do you know when you would like record shows you can still do that yeah yeah um, yeah. So, like, we called up my nan frantically, like, record Doctor Who for Imogen, do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> record <laughs> it for us. Um, so, I did end up watching, obviously. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I always remember the ones that we had to record, even though I, I never really watched them because they were on video. Like, I remember Tooth and Claw, we had to video because I was on holiday in Gambia, of all places, <laughs> with my mum. And my dad had to record it. And when I got back, he was like, right, listen, the tape ran out in the last five minutes. He was oh like, no. I was like, no. Um, so like, he had to explain. So it was years before I saw like the te- the scene where she invents Torchwood. You know, when the Doctor oh, yeah. and Rose go, and then Victoria invents Torchwood. It was years since I saw that. But my dad like, I remember the tape running out and it right. And then she invents Torchwood, and I was like, no, but that, that's the season arc. Oh, so I was oh, so gosh. furious. Um, oh, no. Maybe I wasn't furious. Maybe I'm misremembering, but. Um, yeah, it was years that I saw that scene. But yeah, I always remember the ones that that, you uh, that we taped. Yeah. Oh, you, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so series one captures your imagination. Why? Um, I love series one. I think part. I think a big part of the reason why I was so obsessed was um, I think I saw a lot of my self in um rose Great. rose isn't like my she wasn't like my ultimate favorite i mean it's not a companion that i hate mm-hmm. um but i i mean i am from london yeah i live on a council estate um and i think a lot of the a lot of what involves rose's um life on earth does emulate my own Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. even though of course she is a lot older than me when i was watching it but i think i saw a lot of myself in in those situations yeah and like she's young enough that a child can sort of relate i feel like she's still kind of a a teenager and you're like it's not like watching like a a a 40 year old or an elderly person like you can relate to that person's situation i think like she still lives with her mum and stuff yeah yeah and is your mum anything like jackie no, <laughs> she's nothing like Jackie. W- would she be seen in a in but a sort of pink velour tracksuit or? Um, do you know what? At that time, I think when she was younger, probably yes. Right, maybe that was another thing then. That maybe that the sad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but you know, I saw I saw so much of. I mean, it's not a direct, you know, no, parallel. Nothing is right. But yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's it'd be spooky bit. if it was. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think I, I identified a lot with that. And I really like this idea that... Because, I mean, a lot of the time in Series 1, they, they use stuff from the council state or, or yeah. from where they are to, like, yeah. fight aliens, which I think, you know, like, when Jackie uses the um, the, the truck... The truck, yeah. To, like, open... I love that scene. And... Now, I'm, I'm itching now because I want to get... Because I'm hearing this and I want to get onto unpopular opinions because it feels oh. like it's... A, I feel like it's a good segue. And yeah. we talked about it as a good segue and I'm like, where do I put the... Now we're talking about unpopular opinions. So I'm putting it here. Okay. I'm drawing the line in the sand. Right. Uh, let's do unpopular opinions. So... Jim, what is your unpopular opinion? Uh, my unpopular opinion is that I tend to enjoy 
series as a whole, this isn't necessarily for episodes individually, mm-hmm. but series as a whole in when they're very much grounded mm-hmm. in reality. Great. So that I So find I guess it, series one like is an example of that yeah, for you. I love series one. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. And um, Martha is probably my favourite companion. And I think a lot of that is to do with... I mean, I love her as a person. Mm-hmm. Like, I, mm-hmm. I love how independent and strong and just opinionated she is. Mm-hmm. But I also really like how involved her family are in the story arc of, yeah. of series yeah. series three. Um, and that is like what I find. That's actually I actually really love series three as well because mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. Because of her, how her whole family integrated within the whole yeah. season. Um, I mean, and this isn't the sort of thing that was present in Classic Who really at all. Like until, until probably season twenty-six when we start looking at Ace's backstory a bit. Yeah. And even then, like we don't meet any members of her family. Like we meet a few of her friends in Survival, like the very last Classic yeah. Who story. But aside from that, so it was something that that Russell really innovated, I suppose. With yeah, I was going to say that because you know series one. his era is very. It's been I've used I've seen people see say that like the words soap for it in that it's sort of like it in a derogatory a soap, way. Yeah. At the time there was a. I mean I think less so now. I think people have come to appreciate I don't think that element of it. But at the time, especially people were quite, people were quite, um, yeah, negative about the fact that they felt the show had been turned into a soap. Um, <laughs> and I, I, yeah, I think that's missing the point a bit personally but that what you think yeah i think when you have though when it's so grounded in reality the contrast of everything else stands out so much more yeah and seems so much more special mm-hmm. so it enriches both for me definitely like, definitely I, and like yeah it's not a mistake it's not um an accident that people are noticing so proper like elements but that's because and i'm sort of borrowing from uh dr sander for here one of my favorite critics but um it's like the show's crashing into a soap, right? And that's yeah. what's so exciting about it, is that you've got this these science fiction ideas in the world of a soap opera or vice versa, yeah. right? It's almost comical to see that contrast. Yeah, and I love yeah, it. yeah. Comical but engaging, especially yeah. for someone like you who's going who's looking at series one and going and going, Oh, that, I can relate to that and then a spaceship lands in Downing Street, right? And it's like your world has collided with this fantastic world of the doctor. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it was. I, it really, really captured my imagination yeah. as a seven-year-old, and I think from then on, that is really what I really see in a, a good series: it yeah. being grounded in reality. It's funny. I always wonder whether, because there's obviously some motivation for Russell to do that in terms of the fact that sci-fi was on a little bit of a down period at, in 2005, and it it sort of felt like. It, he was trying to um, invisibly bring this sci-fi show in by mm-hmm. by sort of making it blend in with the rest of the television landscape, and then but then I w- so I wonder how much of his choice to make it so grounded in reality was a was a, a creative choice and how much of it was strategic and I mean does that matter? But it, it works either way. Oh, it, it definitely works. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I mean, there's so many stories. I mean, you get Rose. The first story, Rose, is obviously incredibly grounded in reality. The way mm-hmm. it opens with with Rose um, bashing the alarm clock with her hand. Yeah, and, and her going to her like her job yeah. in the shop. Which, yeah. by the way, I rewatched that um, the other day, which has actually kind of inspired this opinion. Yeah. Because I realised this is why I got into Doctor Who. But when she's at her shop, like, I don't know how they let her wear, like, they let her wear, like, jeans and, like, a tracksuit, like, top. Yeah, I was true. watching this, I was like, 
whatever I've done, like customer service, like there's you no wear a way. uniform normally, yeah, right? Yeah, I was like, I don't know whether the... Especially in a department store like that. Like, I can imagine, like, yeah, sometimes... Yeah, it was on, like, London. It was central London. Yeah, like, sometimes, like, in if you work in, like, Topshop or whatever, like, they'll let you wear the clothes of Topshop. Uh, well, sometimes you have to. Like, they'll say yeah, you, have you have to, to wear to. our clothes. So I suppose, like, if it was like that, like, you can imagine her dressing like that a bit more, but it's not. It's, like, clearly, like, a sort of Debenhams equivalent. <laughs> Oh, it's like Selfridges even. Like it looks a bit posher, doesn't it? It, it looks, looks like Selfridges. It looks or like it's central London. Yeah, and I yeah, that is surprising. I think it's more just like a, <laughs> a there's a few things in that scene though that Russell has since um kind of thrown scorn upon in interviews and stuff. Like there's a there's a part where um she takes the money, the lottery money in just a plastic bag and he's always ha- he's always having to go at himself for that because he says it's unrealistic. Like there's loads of little details where that seems a little bit clumsy. Oh. Um <laughs> But, but yes, I mean, uh, besides that, and the music though in that sequence, like I'm, I'm picturing the scene though, and I'm hearing the music. It's like really yeah, of its time. Yeah, and Feels real. I don't know. That it's whole very story. intense music. When yeah. I was. It's very, very good series though. Yeah. I love it. Great series. Because then you get Aliens of London. Oh, which is iconic. <laughs> iconic story. <laughs> that I think, again, opinion has improved on over time. Like at the time, everyone thought it was really silly. Um, but now everyone's just like, oh, no, that's great. Well, that's just off to here. Yeah, know, silly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But for me, the most poignant moment of of um, realism in that whole series is comes in Parting of the Ways with mm-hmm. that scene with the, well, the scene in the cafe and the scene with the truck and all of that stuff. Oh, yeah, because, you know, they directly talk about how Rose is sort of like, it's made her realise how unhappy she is yeah. with her own life and she prefers that, which is kind of like a reoccurring problem that I think a lot of companions mm, in mm. New Who do get. Um, but I just, I love that because but you then do directly see the contrast. Yeah, but her personal life then ends up saving the day, right? It's actually the truck oh, wow. that ends yeah. up solving the problem. So, so Rose is wrong after all, I guess. Mm. <laughs> it's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful I tell like, television. That isn't the most poignant uh, moment of realism in the series. The most poignant moment of realism is um, when Mickey admits that he's been seeing Trisha Delaney in um, in Boomtown. Oh, yeah. That I love that scene. It's so real and like the drama is so real. And you believe it, despite it being in this story that's about a Slovene. Mm-hmm. What is that sound? Great, sorry about that. We were just briefly interrupted by a, a fire alarm of some kind. Um, and then as soon as I turned the machine off and we were going to move further down the, uh, the, the outdoor area, uh, the alarm stopped. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's such is life. Uh, we were talking about Trisha Delaney. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, to me, topic. One, <laughs> of the best, one of the best scenes in season one because it's so realistic. Yeah. And you really feel for Mickey. I went back and did a rewatch of series one about a year ago. All right. And one of the things that struck me was how much of a point of view character Mickey is in that series and how much I was really on his side. Same. I've, I've, I felt the same way. Like, yeah. I, I love Mickey. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I feel like his, his, his morals are often on the right side. Yeah, In terms yeah. of Rose is a bit shitty to him Yeah, sometimes. Rose is a bit of a dick. It's like uh, accused of murder. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we, can, like, we forget about this. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah, and, then, and, he, and he just like absolutely springs back from that. And I mean, there's a certain branch of fandom who are a little bit 
go a little bit ham on this point and are like, Russ a bitch to Mickey. And, <laughs> and like, it's often men who are like, Russ a bitch to me, Russ is the most selfish companion ever. And all this. It's like, oh, okay, okay, calm down. But there is a kernel of truth in the fact that Rose isn't as nice as she could be to Mickey. And sometimes I think we do forget that she is 19. I'm yeah, like, well, exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, and he, I think, is supposed to be slightly older than her. Yeah, because he has his own flat. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but. No, I think often I do find myself on Mickey's side, mm, mm. but Rose, I still do really like her. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not. To t I mean, we would have all behaved that way at that age, and like, yeah. Mickey, Mickey is a bit of a wet wipe at the start of the series. Uh, like he's, you know, he's. I can't imagine her them lasting long term with Mickey and the personality that he has at the start of yeah. uh, Doctor Who. Um, so I don't really blame Rose, but equally. I do feel a bit sorry for Mickey. I do. Um, too. Yeah. But I mean, in series two, then you get, then Mickey gets his chance to shine. He I does, really like. yeah. Yeah. He does get happy endings. Yeah. It's all right. Yeah. yeah. So some people um, talk about a shift as we go into series five and into the Moffat era of um, this gritty realism sort of drifting away mm -hmm. and the show sort of forgetting some of the some of the companions families and home lives and how do you feel about that um i i think there is a shift but i think it's in a way of that more shifts directly onto relationships i think especially with the case of you know you've got amy and rory and mm -hmm. then um you know you've got clara and danny mm -hmm. um and then you've got Bill and then sort of well Bill it's kind of Bill Bill and Heather arguably yeah um, even though that doesn't take like a direct um, forefront yeah. I think it, the realism does sort of shift to romantic relationships mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and I still really like that yeah I think it's different like you say yeah. I think it's still there it's like it's not as Moffat doesn't give you as realistic a depiction of life in Britain, mm -hmm. but what he does give you is a realistic depiction of relationships, or at least a, a represent a realistic representation of romantic relationships, I suppose. Yeah, and it, I mean it's hard to interpret how those relationships would shift and survive when you've got like people, you know, when they're travelling in time and mm. you're faced with like life and death constantly. So it's like it, it's interesting to see that play out with a companion's relationship. And although it is, a, it, I think there's still realism there. It's just not in the same way as with Russell's era. Yeah, so obviously, like you're not relating to like the characters of like Augustus and Tabitha Pond. You know, yeah. they're not like the characters that Jackie, Tyler, and like Francine Jones and Sylvia Noble were. But like, they're also not the point of the realism with Amy, right? Yeah. No. And and you know what? I think as well. I think Seven A does sort of emulate Russell's era a lot because I think that is a lot. That is kind of set. A lot of it is in the pawn, the pawn's house, and mm -hmm. then trying to juggle their jobs. Like Amy's, like juggling all these different jobs and um, that she has. Uh, and I, that's, I think that's one of the reasons as well why I actually really like Seven A, mm -hmm. which I think in itself is kind of controversial because I think I found a lot of people don't. Well, do, people well, it's not the most. Sure it's it. not the most popular. Yeah, it's not the most popular. Sure. But I, I do. I really like it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I really do. Um, 7B not so much <laughs> yeah. 7A yes yeah and you're right that there is a bit more uh, it does return to that kind of 
I'm trying to think about what's different about the realism. Do you think there's a class shift from from Davies to Moffat? Of oh, I think so. Definitely. Because Moffat's companions generally are, are more on the middle class side of things, like Amy and yeah. So I was thinking this, and I was it was hard to sort of put them anywhere. Yeah. Really, I think it's it's not. I don't I don't know because. Clara in 7B, she does live in like, I don't know, I think she lives, but like her family live in that flat mm. that was actually, I think it's the same set as Rose's flat. Mm. Um, oh yeah, true. They live in that flat, don't they? In the yeah. Christmas one. But that doesn't seem to make sense to me with her character. She seems like a like a very middle class person. Yeah. Like the way she she's like a nanny for that really middle class family. Oh, yeah. uh, but, and like just even the way she dresses is quite like I don't know I uh, maybe this is then st- throwing stereotypes and things <laughs> too much but she seems she I don't know she just seems I don't think I could put her anywhere but I don't think I would put her like um like really obvious working class if that no. makes sense. I mean teachers when she does become a teacher teachers don't get paid a lot obviously no. so it's like no um, yeah, teaching is kind of one of those professions that sort of transcend I mean every profession that transcends class boundaries in a way but oh right yeah yeah it's kind of hard to. It's it's not. Uh, it's kinda, yeah, it's hard to sort of put them in in where you would in think a box. they would be. Yeah. Where, yeah, in a box rather than in Russell's era. I think yeah. that is kind of evident because it is so grounded. Yeah. Amy though seems super middle class. Like that house she lives in. The house is massive. And like her parents. I mean, even her parents' names like they're called Augustus and Tabitha. Yeah. Like it's <laughs> like come on. Um, like yeah. yeah. It's, uh, I mean, again, a- any conversation about this is going to involve some kind of stereotyping. Oh, no, yeah. to, to, at the end of the day, but I kind of that's that's fiction in a way, isn't it? The the one of the ones that that is really baffling is Bill, because ostensibly she's like down to earth working class character. But again, she just seems like she comes from a sort of nothing place. Like she seems like like she, like again, I I just can't yeah, work her out. Yeah, I think she, I think I mean, she, isn't she in a foster? Yeah, she, she so adopted. She's, or she's in a foster, foster care situation. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and I think that always feels odd for me because she seems the actor Pearl Mackey is much older than she's playing, but she doesn't really try and play younger. Yeah. So that, that always that always feels off. How old is Bill? But I think Bill is supposed to be like twenty one, but oh, she's okay. like Pearl Mackey's like twenty six. Yeah, yeah. And like she doesn't, she doesn't look twenty one. So like it's, I've always found it quite hard to get my head around Bill. I, maybe this is what I mean about Moffat's. I love Stephen Moffat, but about his. It, pinning down realistic de- details of that isn't important to him. I don't think. No. I think for him it is, I think it, a lot of it is about the companions and their relationship with the Doctor. Yeah, like yeah. That is the focus. I mean, yeah. like it was or with other people, with like yeah. Amy and yeah, Rory. Yeah, or like in their like romantic Danny, relationships yeah. and stuff like that. Mm. Bill is a lot, it's, it's quite different. I think it's a different approach. Mm. But I, I really like Bill because um, I really like the pilot. Yeah, as well Because story. that is very grounded in like reality again. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that's the reason why. And I like her because... It's kind of similar with Rose in that she is sort of working this job, which, you know, is kind of like a customer service job where she serves, serves chips and stuff like that. And Rose mm. was working in like a, like a clothing store. Mm. But Bill just seems really happy. Like she's happy with her situation, I think. 
Yeah, she sort of seems happy with her a lot, doesn't she? Yeah, I don't yeah. really like that positivity. You I don't really, like it? I know, oh, I really like, like it. it. I think yeah. it's really refreshing to see. Um, and to yeah, see because even though there's... A, yeah, like you say, that that's another spin on Russell's approach in a way is that, like we were talking about earlier, Rose always seems to have a desire to kind of get out of her life. Yeah. Which isn't necessarily the most positive depiction yeah, of the Yeah, which is what classes. I have the issue with, yeah. I think. Yeah. Whereas with Bill, I think she... She just seems happy with it. I mean, she attends the lectures for, for like 12's lectures. Obviously, she isn't actually enrolled in the university and stuff like that. So, but she's still, you know, she's, she's, I think she's so, um, what's the word? I've lost. She's so ambitious. How did it take me that long to think <laughs> of what ambitious was? She's really ambitious and really driven. Yeah. Like she, she's, she's just try. she just does what makes her happy. Yeah, yeah. And, I, I love Bill because I think she's so positive. Yeah, and I guess that is the difference again like between her and Rose because I suppose that Rose needs the doctor to give her that positivity. Whereas yeah. Bill had that positivity and then just shared it with the doctor. Oh, yeah, so I guess that's, that's a, great that's way a more to put it, yeah. positive approach in a way. Um, interesting, really. I mean, I, I, I sort of don't want to get into the trap of talking about the relative merits of... of Davies and Moffat, but it also it's an interesting topic because I just do think they tackle things in in different ways. Um, yeah, but now that is interesting when you when you um, put Bill against Ro- Rose because even though even though Bill is is the more positive character, Rose still always seems like the more realistic character. Yes, she feels more like Rose a real person. Rose does feel very realistic. Yeah. Um, Maybe that's her own. Sh- I think that's I think that's <laughs> her flaws coming to play really. Yeah, yeah. Um, Bill, I mean, I, as long as I can think it, I can't think of anything that's majorly she does, like, wrong. No, she's not as flawed a character, really, is she? Yeah, and I think that kind of comes from the idea that 12 is is kind of not in a great place at the start. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, so she is that sort of positive friend that he's going to have. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. no, I love Bill. Yeah. I think... I think I think I I I like I like the dynamic of Twelve and Bill. Mm-hmm. So I think it's one of my favourite things of series ten. And really different to the dynamic he has with Clara as well, right? Oh yeah. Like super different. Very different. Um. Like Bill's sort of a weaker character than Clara in a lot of ways. Maybe that's her flaw. Yeah, she's, I she's think less she proactive didn't get as much than, time. Than Clara. She didn't have, a, have as much time, and maybe given another season, she'd be. Yeah. But I think she's more. Oh, this is going to get me shot. But she's more um, like, <laughs> what's that, Doctor? What do we do now, Doctor? Like, she more slots into the traditional companion role. Yeah, whereas yeah. Whereas Clara was something more. Yeah, and she I think, was like... Yeah, maybe that's what some I fans do don't this, like yeah. about... Um, that's why Bill was a fresh of, bre- uh, a fresh of breath, a breath of fresh air for a certain part of fandom, maybe. Who were, fe- who were fed me, up of yeah. Clara having opinions <laughs> and being a real person. I don't know. I, I definitely don't hate Clara. I don't think she's one of my favourites. Like, I probably, controversially, prefer Bill. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I think it's all just about having a different approach. And I think with Bill, though, she does ask questions, but it's in a way of she wants to know. Yeah, like, yeah. She, want, she I, wants to know so many things. In no way am I branding Bill a sort of Mel Bush-style damsel in distress. Yeah, But yeah. I'm saying, by comparison to Clara, who was the strongest companion we've maybe ever had on the show. Yeah, yeah. Maybe some maybe some people were a bit like, oh, thank God we've got rid of her. 
um, which I think we, we should treat with suspicion. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I think... I actually, I think Clara should have probably, for me, because Last Christmas is one of my favourite episodes of all time, and I love the ending of Last Christmas. And mm, which I was supposed like, to be her ending, right? I know, and it feels so much better. Yeah. <laughs> it does. Yeah. It, it would have felt perfect for me. if, And I honestly, I think if Clara had left at the end of Series 8, she definitely would have been, like, my favourite. Right. Because for me, Series 9... Is a bit of a mess. Oh, I just couldn't. L- I couldn't lose <laughs> Heaven Sent Hellbent Face the Raven. Like as much oh as Last Christmas is a lovely ending for Clara, like Heaven Sent Hellbent. Oh, I couldn't. I couldn't live without it. I love. Oh, was it Heaven Sent as well? Yeah. Oh, I love Heaven Sent. I'd give. I'd I'm give. Not sure, if it was worth it. All though. four of my limbs for Face the Raven, Heaven Sent Hellbent. <laughs> those. I, I'm not gonna lie. Those are some great episodes. Yeah. I do. Lo- I do love that sort of um, trio of, of of episodes, mm-hmm. but. Series 9 is a whole... I don't really like oh. it. Okay. Oh. Cool. So while I was changing the batteries on the machine there, um, <laughs> Imogen described <laughs> Series 11 <laughs> as being like an ugly baby. Yeah, uh, it's like my ugly baby. I, I absolutely love that. So we're going to talk a little bit about the ugly baby now and its <laughs> representation of uh, realism and family and and... Mm-hmm life on earth as we know it i suppose yes you really like series 11 don't you i do i think um i like i said to explain my ugly baby comparison it's like (laughs) it is my baby but like it's ugly but obviously i'm still gonna love it yeah like i know that it's ugly yeah but i love it unconditionally totally and I think that's what it is with like with series eleven because I I mean on Twitter I'm const- I am pulling it apart and joking about it like mm-hmm. and I think a lot of fans of series eleven are actually like that because when yeah. I do have discussions I think this is how I feel about series six. Oh yeah. Yeah, similar. Yeah, you know, it's it's always a controversial sort of. There's always a controversial series, and yeah. I think series eleven is definitely one of them. Um, and um, amongst the sort of fan community for series eleven, we all sort of know that it's not that great, but we just love it anyway mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is like i think it's a great approach like it's it I think it's fun i think as time oh. goes on like people appreciate bits of the bits of doctor who that are like that more and and more yeah. in that way i think so it's I nice think that you managed to do that. it so early like people are, are just getting to that now with bits of the colin baker era mm-hmm. um, that they felt really cross about and in the 80s and now they like love the colin baker era and I think maybe that will—that is what will happen with Series <laughs> 11. It's just too raw for me at the moment. Oh, um, yeah, it's been months. Uh, but, yeah, like, wh- what do you think that's doing in terms of its... Because that's like, I suppose we've talked about Davies's approach to realism. We've talked about Moffat's approach. What do you yeah. think? Uh, I think that's definitely grounded in location with Sheffield. Yeah, yeah. I think um, that's actually one of Chibnall's wisest choices, really. Yeah. Um, and I, f- I think I heard somewhere, because I, I, I think um, in Jodie's podcast with David Tennant, she says that he went to uni there. So right, that's okay. why he chose to ground it in Sheffield, because I don't actually think he's from there. No, no, I don't but think he is. For me, that's one of the utter strengths of Series 11. Is yeah, I don't know where Chris there. Chibnall is from. Should we find out? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, let's find out where he's from. Because he isn't northern. He's not northern, no. I bet it's going to be London, isn't it? It's a classic. Do you know what? I think off the top of my head it's Liverpool. Oh, well, maybe Actually, no, I don't know. I think he went to uni as well in Liverpool. I don't. Why is Liverpool coming up in my head? That's so weird. So it just says he was born in England. 
He was brought up in Formby. Where's Formby? Where's that? Oh, yeah, near Liverpool. Oh, okay, right, yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway. He doesn't sound like he's from Liverpool at all. No, he... D- well, he, uh, maybe That's far why I doubted away, myself. I was like, where is Liverpool coming yeah, from in my head? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sort of like how Paul McGann doesn't really sound like he's from Liverpool at all until he gets cross or... Yeah. Upset. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a really wise choice of his, I think, to ground it in, in Sheffield. I love that. I love mm. that aspect of Series 11. Um because as, as well, like one of the strongest episodes for me is definitely Resolution. Mm-hmm. Like I love Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, and that is so grounded in, in Sheffield. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, you see so many different locations. And um, I love the reality of that. I mean, the most north I've been is like Birmingham. I'm such oh, a really? southerner. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. I'm such a southerner. <laughs> like I, I live in London and I went to uni in Canterbury. So I like, <laughs> could not get more south. But um, I still love that northern ac- that northern aspect of it. Yeah. I think it's it's so fun. It's so great. Like, yeah. Yeah, and there's something different as well because like most of the um, previous companions have been either from London or um, well, I suppose Amy was Scottish, but yeah, but she, she lived was in, in, a, a, in sort of the home in counties in or yeah, whatever. Yeah, she's in England. Um, and yeah, so it's nice. It's nice to have like somewhere different and to ground it somewhere a little bit, yeah. a little bit different. Um, I suppose that we keep going back to throughout the series. You get it again in, in Rattlers <laughs> in the UK and then again in Resolution, um, which is nice, actually. Um, it's weird what, like, a few hundred miles can do and it can change it around. Yeah, it really like changes the feel, though. Yeah, it's it like uh, torture being in Cardiff. Like, it just gives yeah. it... I don't know. There's so much to be said for location. Although, I think one of the downsides, without being a Debbie Downer too soon, is is that, like... As soon as Tosin Cole starts talking, you 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 no longer believe you're in Sheffield. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to agree with you there. <laughs> like, I you can you can often see his accent come through yeah. sometimes. Yeah. I can't think of a specific. I can, point. and I've mentioned it on the podcast before. And it's a, <laughs> it's the moment in it takes you away when he uh, when he calls Graham granddad and he says the word each other, and he says each other. Like uh, like he's from South London because he is from South London. Yeah, he is, uh, yeah. When he should be saying each other if yeah. he's from Sheffield. Um, which, which to my ear, as someone from Manchester, just like absolutely leapt out of the television, like onto me and was like, I'm not from Sheffield. <laughs> and, uh, but like to a lot of people, I'm sure... That would go over. Yeah, think I, little I things I like that would go over that their heads. And I'm a southerner. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but, uh, but, uh, but I like that. I like that they're trying. Yeah, uh, hopefully it improves next season. Yeah, to migrate <laughs> it. Uh, you know what? If the, if the next season they just gave up on him having that accent and, like, you know, he, in episode one he goes to an accent converter machine on an alien planet, I, I actually would I'd be in favour of that. <laughs> I was like, oh, I've been, a, I've been an engineer for this. I've lived in this place for two years, yeah. so now I don't have this accent anymore. Exactly. I believe it. Yeah, yeah like how they changed <laughs> Leela's eye colour mid-season or whatever. Oh. <laughs> um, because they just couldn't be bothered. Um yeah, so I, I would like that. But, uh, yeah, no, uh, really wise of Instagram in Sheffield. Do we, what, what do we think of um, Yaz's police background? How are we getting on with that? Feels like, I, I, it feels like a wasted opportunity, really, because they didn't explore it as much as I think that they, I expected they would when I heard that she was mm-hmm. going to be a police officer. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I, I guess this will... I mean, it comes into play subtly in that she 
I think she tackles that, what is it, that guy. Oh, in, in Kablam. In Kablam. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, she she has, in the small chances that she gets some forms of leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is kind of seen in that subtle way, but I thought we was going to see more of her actual... Her actually at work. Her at work. Yeah, I suppose yeah. it's difficult because if you go for the Clara-style ap- approach of she's at work and then she takes occasional trips in the TARDIS, then you get the grounded in reality at work stuff, which is really good to see. But then you sort of lose some of the magic of being swept away in the TARDIS because she's coming home every week, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I think what what Chris Chibnall wanted was that magic again of being of they're all in the TARDIS on the journey for a long period. Yeah. And if you've got that, then you can't really have her coming back to being the poli- police station every every week. So yeah. it's kind of a tricky one. But there, there are rumours that next season we might be returning to that police station. I think. Yes. Um, I think, so I'd like yeah. to I'd like to see a little bit more of that. I think they have filmed that. Yeah, I don't like to talk rumours too much, but I don't feel like that's too much of a spoiler. <laughs> um, and I, I, yeah, I'd really like to see. I'd like to see like her colleagues again as well, like the guy that we met in episode one. Yeah. Um, because her I think boss, who was like a little bit down on her. Yeah. I'd like to get to know him a bit more. Because I think what was weird about series eleven for me I mean there's lots of things that are weird about series 11 but one of the things is that Yaz drops back like in the end at the end of Arachnids mm. Nadia's like you need to tell me who that doctor is mm. we need to have a talk yeah and then they're back for her nan's birthday and, oh yeah and it's never said yeah then like, we don't see that she's scene she's obviously do we? dropping back yeah like does she go to her job when is her like, nan's is birthday she... I don't yeah, that, that I think that's one of the ways in, in which it's like trying to do both and it's struggling with that because it's not giving us enough information. Yeah. Maybe because like with a companion like Rose, you could go back, you could have her on this extended journey with the Doctor and then you could take her back and, and the, the show was able to give us all the information about that situation that that we needed because there was only one character there doing it all of it. Yeah. Whereas now, you've got to deal with three characters going back to in earth so it's kind of harder to yeah harder to cover like cover all the ground yeah i think it's universally agreed amongst series 11 dislikers and series 11 likers that mm-hmm. yaz was definitely not there she yeah. was hardly there and i think the focus was more on graham and ryan mm-hmm. um but, but she e- but even graham and ryan like we don't we don't see them with any other people other than each other and um and Grace. We don't see like Ryan with any friends that aren't. No, I think all you have is a, a stretch of at Graham asking people at the bus. He yeah, obviously knows yeah. them. But like we don't meet, like I'd like to meet like the people Ryan hangs out with. Or if they're like, Ryan's busy mates that and Ryan and Yaz had. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to like see them like, around other people. Because they talk about like school memories. I'm like, mm. I want to know more. Like, yeah, yeah. Like you get tasters of, of things. Actually, I, I just thought as well, I think one of the other things that might ground jazz but i don't think it did it enough was she mentions that she got bullied yeah yeah which i think was see i think some of the, the stronger points for each character is really when we get to see how grounded they are in and see their old mm, definitely their normal life, definitely which is it's really touching yeah i would sacrifice so much to just get a little bit more of just give that, us more please. yeah like just <laughs> a little bit more detail about them and yeah I'd sacrifice so much plot for that i, I, I want to know Stuff yeah. about what they're like as people, um, Yaz and Graham, uh, Yaz and Ryan particularly. Like I feel like we know quite a lot about Graham, and mm-hmm. and maybe we should shift the focus this season to being about 
Yeah, um, even then, I, I feel like there's some aspects we don't Graham. know about Graham, like because mm. he's he's like he he's it was was Grace his first marriage? This is quite old. Yeah, like, true, true. Um, like has he had, yeah. has he had any kids before? Yeah, you know, he he's obviously from London. So yeah, true. Did, did like. Yeah, like happens. what was his life before? Like, and yeah, the cancer. So yeah. They dropped the cancer thing in episode one, and then we don't hear about it again, really, and for the rest of the season. No. And like, I want to know about Ryan's mum, like, because we met his dad, but I want to know a little bit more about his mum, even yeah, though obviously she, she passed away. Or something. Oh yeah, I want a flashback of his mum, or even better, like a Father's Day style episode where we meet his mum for real. Yeah, um, that'd be great. That could be good. Um, what happened to Ryan's dad in Resolution? I've forgotten. Ryan's dad? Yeah. Oh, okay, so... Does the, the Dalek kill resolution, him again? No. No. But, yeah, she opened the doors and then, like, Ryan nearly got... Ryan's dad nearly got, like, sucked out. So, like, he knows... His, he knows about the, the TARDIS. Yeah. He knows about the Doctor and he knows about everything. And it just seems cool of it. Yeah. But I think <laughs> Ryan's... That's, I think that was... I, I like a lot of resolution as well because of Ryan's dad. Yeah, those scenes in the cafe with Ryan's dad, yeah, like, really good. don't get me wrong, like they're not, they weren't the best written scenes I've ever heard, but like they were really, like yeah, that's the kind of material I want more of. Mm-hmm. Um, and like Totem Cove really shone. Yeah, um, he like did. The, yeah. The, the whole season, I was thinking, oh, really, that? Like, why have you got this guy when you could have just got a Sheffield guy? And it's only, it was only <laughs> really in, in resolution where I was like, okay, I can see why this guy was got the part now. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. But Mandip, like I, I, I want. I feel like Mandip, like must be such a great actor, but I'm not mm. getting to see that enough. No, she's just she's not given enough material. No, I mean that's yeah. Um, we, we probably sound like a Sturt record fans because we, we we keep do, talking no, about that. Yeah, but it, um, but I hope I think it's just because it's facts. Yeah, I hope the production team have listened to that piece of information. <laughs> if you're not listening. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not yeah, not to this podcast, um, but uh, to the. Uh, the appeals of fans to have yeah. more Yaz stuff. Again, um, I think overall, I think if we're going to talk about the ground and of reality, it's, it is Sheffield because there's this love for Sheffield. Mm, like mm. what I think really is really cool as well is that as soon as like 13 lands there, she's like, I love Sheffield. <laughs> 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 like in resolution when like, when she gets the notification for like, there's a unidentified something in the, in the world like she has an alarm I can't remember what she mm, calls it mm. and she's like they're like where is she and she's like get Sheffield <laughs> she, she loves it and uh, she's so lucky that the TARDIS just decided to uh, drop her there yeah it's like uh, the TARDIS like I'll drop her there I'll give her the accent you're northern now um, yeah you're so northern <laughs> again for a bit I love that I love that um, but yeah no I, ho- I just do hope they do more with it next season and we get more yes and we get a bit more Ryan and Graham. Yes. <laughs> That's like that meme where it's like, you know, uh, d- don't compare Doctor Who companions. Ryan is outstanding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yaz is fantastic. Graham. No, I love Graham, but I, but I could do with taking the foot off the accelerator with Graham a bit to give a bit of focus to the other two. Mm. Personally. Yeah. I think, I think it, I think it it's just something of, I don't even think like the companions suffered as well like I think 13 didn't get a lot oh of oh my god so, yeah like, completely, <laughs> it completely I think it was just series level like uh, yeah, just just the structure of it which is like we don't know a lot about these people even no, though we've just seen no. 11 and hours I mean the it. doctor he, the doctor as much as any of the others as well like give her an arc I th- yeah I think Chris <laughs> just thought oh she's the doctor so she doesn't need an arc and like 
she's just the vehicle to get us to the stories. And that's not, in the 21st century, that's not really who the Doctor is. Like, mm. we just get, we just come from a, a Doctor Who, where we spent an hour with him in a castle on his own, and then punching through a wall of diamond. Mm -hmm. Like, can you imagine Jodie having a story like that at the moment? Not really. And I she think she needs a story on her own. Let's get a story. Yeah, not necessarily even on her own, but a, f a focus on the Doctor. And I think it takes you away. Got close, and that's why oh, yeah. it's my favorite episode of the season by a country mile because it really I love that episode as well yeah it's the, the only real episode of that season where I'm like oh I'm really getting to grips with who this doctor is and I'm she, really yeah, excited she was about incredible it. in that yeah. so that's like one of easily the strongest episodes Definitely. that and resolution for me I'm glad you agree um, great <laughs> thank you so much for talking to me oh Imogen. thank you for having me this is very cool <laughs> um, where can people find you on social media and such? So I'm Janoodle on Twitter. Mm -hmm. I'm Janoodle on Tumblr. Um, my website is janoodleart.co.uk. Um, that's just basically my brand, yeah, Janoodle. But my name is actually Imogen. Great. Uh, <laughs> and you can find us uh, on Twitter at GalactiaPod, uh, as per usual. Uh, and you can email us um, at GalactiaPod at gmail.com. Uh, uh, next time, uh, I've got uh, another podcast for you in a public place, in a pub, actually. Uh, so another pub cast coming in a couple of weeks. Um, but until then, it's a bye from me. And goodbye from me. I just always, I always just get people with that. And, and some of them just go, and some of them <laughs> get, go in there straight away. <laughs> and, and then sometimes you me. get a middle ground like you, <laughs> uh, which I love. Okay, bye everybody. <laughs> Thank you.